You are listening to episode one of The Love Noteworthy Show. Welcome to The Love Noteworthy Show, the guide to leading your life with passion, purpose, perspective, and prosperity. Each week, we feature entrepreneurs, influencers, game changers, and change makers who provide powerful strategies for creating a remarkable first impression that leaves a lasting impact in your business, career, community, and personal life. So come join us as we transform your mindset and teach you the lessons you want and need to become love noteworthy. Welcome to the very, very, very first episode of the Love Noteworthy Show. I am your host, Reese, and I am just so excited for you to be here today. It is a huge, huge day, and let me tell you why. Because today is the first day of you being able to lead a life that is going to help traject you into being more passionate, more purposeful, have a greater perspective, be more prosperous, be more powerful, and most importantly, build your confidence as we go through this journey of each of the episodes of this podcast. So thank you so much again for joining me. It has been a long time coming to materialize this, and there are just going to be such amazing lessons throughout the season that I can't even describe it. Even in the first five episodes that we are launching all in one set for the launch of the show, you are going to have such great takeaways from, and I really hope that you will join us in participating in all of the conversations as we continue to provide you with some amazing episodes, with some amazing change makers, game changers, entrepreneurs, influencers, experts, and C-suite executives. Man, it is just such an opportunity to be listening to these segments. So the very first episode is very, very true and close to my heart, I would say. And it took me a little while to decide uh, which was going to be the first episode to air. And the first person that is going to be on our show, her name is Elizabeth Cott. And let me tell you why this is so special. So I am an entrepreneur now, but before, after graduating, doing my business degree, I was very fortunate to step into an amazing position at the main shopping center in my city in the downtown core. And I had this very unique position where I was the marketing and social media assistant. There had never been that position before. Social media was exploding everywhere. And of course, for a shopping center that was managing over 90 different uh, brands at the time, it was really important that we were really utilizing this as a tool to promote the brands and stay on trend and make sure that we knew what was going on. So part of my role in addition to this was really making sure that I knew what trends were happening in magazines. So I was constantly flipping through the pages of magazines like Vogue and Fashion and came across this article one day in Glamour magazine about this website called Goodsy. And now what Goodsy is, kind of like Shopify, uh, is a modern e-commerce software platform that allows people to have no background with HTML, have no idea how to do design work or anything like that to be able to create their online store and sell their products. And this was at a time when Etsy was really starting to blow up, Shopify was starting to become very popular, and Goodsy was another competitor in the market. And so in this article, they did kind of a case study on this one girl named Elizabeth Cott, who had just started this website called uh, Closet Rich. 
and I was immediately really drawn to her because she had such a unique background story. She had an opportunity at a very young age to work with Rachel Zoe, who is one of the top stylists in Hollywood, and went on to start her own company after seeing a need in the market um, by selling vintage uh, designer wear from the closets of all of these LA celebrities at a lower price for her peers and herself to really be able to get great quality high-end designer products but for a fraction of the price and so I was just blown away by this whole e-commerce website deal and Elizabeth and just immediately I swear to god it was like love at first sight and went on a whim like totally tweeted her back when Twitter again was like just starting up and for whatever reason she decided to respond to my tweet and I pretty much peed my pants like not even kidding and so we tweeted back and forth a little bit and I just went on a whim and made the ask and was like hey it would be so rad if I could have an opportunity to interview or talk to you I am just such a huge fan blah 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 and she very graciously sent me her email address and we went back and forth, set up an interview on one of my lunch breaks and I had the opportunity to speak with her for almost an hour on the phone. And I swear to God, this was life-changing. Me as wanting to be an entrepreneur, I suddenly was even more inspired and what more, she was so kind to take time out of her schedule to talk to me and continue to stay in touch between that time and now. So I think it's been like probably three or four years now since that time and we've been staying in touch by email, going back and forth, figuring out and finding out kind of the progressions in each other's businesses and lives. And so with that, I am so pleased to be featuring her as the very first person on the show. I do truly respect her so immensely and think of her as a mentor and one of the people that really inspired me to take the entrepreneurial leap and start my own business. So thank you so much, Elizabeth, if you are listening to this. And with that, I am going to introduce you to the very first episode of the Love Noteworthy Show. Now, in this episode, Elizabeth talks a lot about taking the entrepreneurial plunge. Uh, she is very candid in her discussions, which is great, about working with Rachel Zoe in LA, shifting to start Closet Rich, and grabbing her own self-titled series on the Stylish channel. So she actually had a show called Closet Rich for a season, which is amazing. Um, some of the other things that we cover is the importance of connecting, mentorship, giving back, and making introductions how to be a pocket hustler, you'll find out more about that in the show, um, getting a collaboration line into Fred Siegel, which is a huge upscale Los Angeles retailer, which actually was the world's first jeans only store that opened ever way back in 1960. And um, a couple of things we cover are happy accidents, why they're important, and why getting over the fear of failure will traject you into success. So does that sound awesome or what? Okay, I've totally been babbling for like five minutes now, so let's dive into the first episode of The Love Noteworthy Show featuring Elizabeth Cott of Closet Rich. Welcome back to The Love Noteworthy Podcast. Now, are you someone that has a huge appreciation for fashion and has always dreamed of being an entrepreneur, but has no idea how to connect these two dots into a viable business? I'm Reese, and today I'm here with the beautiful and fabulous Elizabeth Cott, and we're going to be talking about how she created and curated an exceptional online fashion boutique 
that has led to collaborations, features in magazines, and even her own YouTube television show. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Elizabeth. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm so excited. So um, while I could go on forever about all of the amazing things that she's accomplished so far in her career, I'm going to summarize it down for you so we can have more time to chat. So turning ideas into things is Elizabeth's passion. And with that simple mantra in mind, she has crafted a unique career path for herself. Uh, successfully naming entrepreneur, stylist, creative strategist, writer, producer, host, or and host as a few of her most worn hats. Not only has she consulted and collaborated on various projects with companies such as the Creative Artist Agency, Magical Elves, Rose Art, Charmsies, Reformation, Cotton Citizen, Jewelment, and Soho House, but she is also the owner and founder of famed online fashion consignment brand Closet Rich, which is based out of Los Angeles, but accessible to anyone, which really is the beauty of an online boutique. So before we dive into talking about your company, Elizabeth, can you tell us a bit about your experience prior to Closet Rich? What kind of sparked your interest in pas- or passion for fashion, and how did you decide to take the entrepreneurial plunge? Sure. Well, I started off when I moved to L.A. working in public relations in kind of the event-driven product placement sector, which uh, is essentially the gifting suites for award shows and then gift bags um, surrounding various high-profile events. So what that did is it gave me kind of a very interesting microscope into kind of how brand placement and uh, seeding happens amongst the entertainment industry and talent. And I always found that very interesting. Um, Just by way of where I went to college, uh, or when I went to college, rather, uh, I, the social media revolution was really kind of forming its footing. Mm -hmm. And it was really around the time when marketers were taking notice of Facebook and they were kind of like, oh, wow, this has, like potential for, you know, really benefiting brands and that type of thing. So by way of that and me just knowing how to set up a Twitter profile and a Facebook profile, I kind of was put as point person for digital on the various accounts I worked in on in, in public relations. Um, and then as a side project, I started working with a friend who started the website Tech Storm last night, if you remember that from um, a number of years ago. It was really one of the for the one of the forerunners in the user-generated content space. So I kind of helped with the marketing in that when it really kind of took off overnight. And um, from that experience, I got kind of a crash course in even further in, in progressing a digital presence. So um, after that, I was then hired by Rachel Zoe to start her digital presence, which resulted in us conceptualizing and managing the Zoe Report, which is her daily newsletter. So I, um, it was a really interesting trajectory and um, all kind of allowed my interest in fashion and branding and entertainment to kind of all focus within the digital space, which is rapidly growing and just kind of such a new frontier. Um, while working for Rachel, I and obviously with my previous experience, I became very aware and uh, 
submerged in the world of kind of the overconsumption that happens in the fashion industry mm-hmm. and in the entertainment industry and the constant acquiring of things and wearing things once and not people not being able to wear them because they've been photographed in them and da 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 And it really got me thinking as to where does this extra surplus go? How can we disseminate it to the masses? How can we help people in need to to get things that are just hanging in people's closets, such closet rich, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, bringing it elsewhere and disseminating the riches to help others whether it be through buying or selling. So that's really where the idea for Closet Rich came from was through all of this experience that I had had leading up to it. Mm, interesting. So when you, what kind of made you want to take the entrepreneurial plunge and actually go out and start this business? Was there like a, a specific point where you're like, I remember to Honestly, this day. <laughs> well, I... What happened was, to be totally honest, I'd had a series of professional disappointments and um, had really come out of it the other side, feeling like if I had this idea, the worst thing that could happen is if it doesn't work out, and from that, something awesome would come from it. So it kind of gave me the courage to just go for it. I knew that I had an idea. I really connected with the idea. I really felt that my needs really spoke to a demographic. So if I needed it, other people would too, and other people would respond to it. And I felt that very deeply. And that kind of gave me the courage to to get after it and just execute it. I think that once you get over that fear of it not working out, it, it all really falls into place. I think that's a big the biggest challenge. For me and for a lot of other entrepreneurs is that that fear. But once yeah. you realize that it not working out, it's, it's that's fine. It can really kind of catapult you into to really being able to see clearly and, and execute your vision. Yeah, that's really interesting that you say that because I sort of struggled with that when I decided to take the plunge, so to speak. But I was like, well, worst case scenario, if I have no clients and nothing going on, like I can just find a regular job again, right? Like there's always an option out there. Right, 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 right. So so when starting your business, what were kind of the first few steps you took to initiate everything? Like what, 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 where was your head at when you're like, okay, I'm going to do this? Um, honestly, it was, it really started as, the idea of, of, I think the initial thought was to do a blog and then link everything to eBay. Oh, okay. And then I, a friend of mine had introduced me to Goodsy, which, because I was just looking into just other online store platforms that mm. could be an alternative to eBay. I just kind of was um, sitting around on the computer and texted a friend of mine who's very well-versed in the digital space, and I asked if there was any um, online store platforms he recommended. I checked out Goodsy, and what it, was, it was within that same sitting, I ended up building a store. It was just a really intuitive platform yeah. um, on the front end and back end. So I was like, you know, just thought I would give it a go, and then 
so I, so it really was just building a store. And then all of a sudden I had this store and felt really easy, easily navigatable. And then the idea for closet, which rich always was to really cater to the girls within fashion and entertainment who are kind of submerged in this world of whether it's the PR people or the stylists or the talent who's just like constantly acquiring items was really to, to service them mm-hmm. um, and provide a, a face-to-face service, but then utilizing all the tools that the internet and new media allows us. So aside from getting the digital stuff all dialed in, it was about getting product that I thought was cool and that represented the vision. So I just started by asking friends to, if they had, you know, one or two items they wanted to sell. Mm. And then I had um, a dear friend of mine is a really well-known hairstylist. So she actually had a lot of like older women who just have like wings in their houses, closets. And so a lot of the initial inventory came from that end, um, which was cool. It was like a lot of like interesting, cool, like 90s Dolce & Gabbana and like Barbara (laughs) Bluey and like that type of stuff that, that was really fun to, to sift through and pull. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like getting the digital put together and the inventory. And then I just shot it all myself. And I had a friend of mine, um, Kristen Ryder from Bleach Black modeled everything. And, um, the, you know, the strategy behind that was obviously consignment discount fashion is, is our market is really, you know, I always imagined it as my, my friend in Chicago, who's a nurse who can't afford Prada, but like all of a sudden could, you know, so that I had a very clear picture of who the audience was, but at the same time, you know, at the time bleach black was very popular. Um, it's no longer a website, but I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it was a very cool blog. Um, kind of the first generation of the bloggers with like Rumi Neely and Brian Boy and all of that. And so, and their audience in particular was a, especially really dialed in and had like a very cool girl tone to, to it. So I knew that, you know, using Kristen would really add a really, a really nice element that didn't outwardly show that we were trying to reach the masses, but really spoke to the type of girl that we were and we are. Yeah. And she's so great too. Like she's, one gorgeous, but two like has some attitude like in the shots, which I love. Yeah, <laughs> like she yeah. and she looks like everything looks amazing on her. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it all worked out really well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, just as a side note to the listeners, um, with Goodsy, that's actually the way that I kind of like found you or like stalked you online, so to speak. Uh-huh. Is um, I like formerly worked in fashion marketing. And so I had subscriptions to like a million fashion magazines. And I think it was like a glamour article way back in the day. I was reading about this new online software for creating storefronts and you were the featured girl in it. And I was like, this girl is so cool. Like I need to figure out how I can contact her. Oh, I'm so happy you did. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) I'll explain the story in the pre-interview stuff a bit more so I don't sound so fangirly. But anyway, 
So um, going back to your business, what were sort of the biggest challenges that you had with starting it? Was it like mental? Was it actual uh, skill sets yeah. that you didn't have? It was or? a com- combination between mental, as I said, like getting over that fear of it not working out. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that that's a major hurdle for anybody. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the self like, And once you have that, there's definitely self-doubt. There are days, you know, I was really, for, I had the idea and I was riding high on that idea and for three months it took to execute it. So... You know, for every day that you're working on it, you kind of have to, like, tap back into that initial light bulb feeling and trust it. So I think that mental hurdle coupled with, for me, like, the the logistics of, like, filing, like, getting an EIN number and, you know, all of those things that seemed really – overwhelming and so out of my realm of understanding that was definitely a challenge and what I did is I reached out to other women who had successful businesses successful startups and I asked them to connect me with their lawyers and their business managers and um that was a really great place to start so I kind of just adopted some other people's teams so I didn't feel you know, so overwhelming. Yeah. And again, also talking to other women who had been through it was a really, really valuable practice for me to just hear about what they went through, their struggles, who, you know, if they recommend, I should talk to anybody. You know, I always recommend just kind of booking your day with like a coffee or a, a lunch or a dinner or drinks with with somebody, especially when you're in process of building something or not sure, you know, it's really important to just talk to people that you can trust and get their feedback and, and just, if anything, feel supported and feel like you can bounce some, some thoughts off of, off of them. Yeah, absolutely. I think you touched on some really great points. Like one, it's, it's funny because on the online, it's so fast and easy to make things happen. But if you're starting up a company, um, it's been amazing to see how much longer you think, like how much longer it actually takes than what you think you could, like, or how long you think it initially will take. Do you know what I mean? Like, you could just be like, oh, I'm just going to set up a storefront and then take some photos and put them online and I'll have it all done in like a couple of days. But there's just so many back end processes that take so much longer to do. Right. Right. But it can definitely become disheartening for sure. (laughs) And I think the other thing too is like going from a business environment or a work environment where you're constantly surrounded by people to uh, working on your own business online by yourself at home. All of a sudden you're like solo and it's just a very different dynamic as well. Definitely. And, um, you know, it was good. I think it might be like kind of an LA specific thing, but people don't really have normal work hours. So I would always encourage my friends to come hang out with me and, um, you know, keep me company when just sitting there building the site and editing photos and checking in product and all of those things. So I definitely 100% could not have made it happen without my friends that were around and Oh, awesome. for, for moral support and 
and actual like uh, physical labor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely plan homework dates with people at coffee yeah. shops. I'm like, that way we exactly. can hang out, but we're also being productive. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so going back to Closet Rich, uh, when you initially named the company, were there other options you were considering, or was that like the first and last idea for the name? Honestly, I when I first had the idea of it, that word Closet Rich was just one I was using often because I, at the time, didn't have a job, so I was babysitting my friend's sister. Or I'm sorry, my friend's daughter, who was six years old at the time, and I would literally be in, like, my favorite Stella McCartney sweater and, like, blah, 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 because I worked in fashion and I was never paying full price for things, so I looked amazing, but I was babysitting, you know, stuff <laughs> like that, that it's just, like, that you're just kind of, like, oh, okay, like, there's this is, you know, a very interesting dichotomy or, like, the front of my car was hanging from the ground, but like, it's cool. Cause I, you know, look fabulous. So it was kind of this joke that I would always kind of throw around and then, um, ended up, you know, having this idea. And it was really kind of one of those things where I was like, and I call it closet rich, Would I call it closet rich. Yeah. I call it closet rich. Like it was very easy. And then it turned out that, um, Nobody has anything called closet rich. And so when I spoke to my intellectual property lawyer, he had said, he had advised strongly that I poop it up immediately. Mm-hmm. In the years he had been doing it, he said very rarely does he come across a name that so accurately depicts the concept of what it is it's the title for. Yeah. And so that was like a really nice bit of reassurance. That's awesome. That totally reminds me of, um, that Sex in the City episode with Carrie, and she's like, I have no money. And then it's like, oh, I've spent like $40,000 on shoes. Yeah, or right? Something crazy like that. That's so funny. Um, okay, so when you first started your business, how important was the marketing and public relations side of the business? Um, and do you have any recommendations in terms of like hiring that out or doing it yourself for small business owners or yeah, startups? It, it really played a huge role. I mean, to be really candid for me it was never about like oh, my passion in life is selling these clothes and I just can't wait to hit the ground running with that yeah. I came from a PR background um, marketing and storytelling through you know creative ideas is really what I do mm-hmm. and um, closet rich was the, an avenue and a concept for me to display that so it was really, you know, aside from being an amazing service that has amazing clothes and, you know, really taking pride in that, in in the inventory itself, what we are is a portfolio for for marketing and communications and, and what, what we're capable of mm-hmm. on that end. And I think it's, like, innately part of the industry as well because fashion is so visual, right? So... Right, exactly. And just coming from my experience prior to that and what I was truly passionate about and what really gets me excited, like that was, you know, the key component in, in it. it me, me having a passion for it and also it taking off in the way that it did. Yeah, that's really awesome. So in terms of the marketing PR, like 
I know for your business specifically, I've been following it for a while and you do a really good job at getting featured in a lot of like industry magazines and fashion bloggers. And um, last year you were featured on Stylish, which is a YouTube channel and had your own self-titled show. Um, how did you, how did that come about and what were your takeaways from the experience? Yeah. Um, though, you know, um, and for the show in particular, it was honestly one of those things where I had this idea. I went to a friend of mine who was at William Morris at the time who I'd known since kindergarten and, um, just told her the idea and she really liked it and she connected me with the proper people. Mm. Um, you know, it was one of those really beautiful, happy accidents where those come about and you just end up, you know, being mentally prepared for it. Um, so with all of those things, I feel like that's some Oprah quote or something, right? <laughs> like being oh, prepared and yeah, it's, it's like, not about luck, like something like that. Yeah, not about luck, luck but luck you just need to be opportunity, I think. Yeah. Something, something along those lines. So it was a great example in, in that type of thinking. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, I really, it was a great idea. It was a great extension of the brand mm. and it, it just fit well. Yeah, it was really great. I watched every episode again, not to be a super fan girl, but oh, I, that. <laughs> but I really you. liked it. Um, well, how was your experience just personally on in being on TV and the whole filming experience? Um, the filming, it was, it was all, you know, it was really, it, and it was very similar for me when I worked at Rachel's though at the time, it just felt like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. Like, just with any day, like today, you know, we're going through inventory and like sorting things by season. Like that's what I have to do today. Right. So I'd wake up in the day and that's what I had to do today. And I just tried to show up and do the best I could. I look back on it now and look think, wow, I was 24 years old working for Rachel Zoe, who was such an inspiration to me. And like what a surreal, cool experience that was mm-hmm. at the time it didn't really penetrate my brain in that way and the same thing was with with the web series with magical Ops. like they you know it was very cool and it was such a dream but it was very I was trying to be very present in the moment now I look back on it and I'm like wow that was that was a great feat I'm really proud of it but at the time you know you're just kind of like one foot in front of the other that's awesome. I'm totally going to link uh, some of the episodes underneath the podcast awesome. here. And also, I love the video of you with the, I'm not going to say this right, the Geogo girls. It's like a really oh, short one. Yeah. yeah, it's like two or three minutes long, but it's so cute. I love it. Yeah, we, that, we filmed that a while ago. That That's great. I love that one. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah, and then, you know, most recently, which I'm really proud of within this past year is I got together with some dear friends of mine who are incredible talents in the writing and the stand-up comedy space, and we wrote some comedy sketches, uh, just kind of adding further narrative to the cause for it and, and what that really says to us and, and what that evokes in, in a really irreverent format. And that, to me, was an amazing project, and I'm very proud of that. Yeah, I watched the purses one yesterday, and I liked it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it made me laugh. I'm like, this is so true, even though they're making fun of it. Right. <laughs> um, okay, going back to your business, um, 
tell, can you tell us a bit about the importance of partnerships and building your business? And I want to talk to you about your most recent one, uh, the sweatshirt or the rich as fuck. I guess I don't have to. Yeah, you can say it. You can say it, right? Yeah, definitely. Rich is the effort. Yeah. Um, Partnerships. Yeah. All of these. Really, since Claude Rich's inception, that was the major, uh, major aspect of the vision. It was all about really, you know, bringing the community in which I feel really, really blessed to be a part of in Los Angeles, which is this fashion digital hybrid of just like really amazing driven females. And, um, so I've always wanted, and I had a lot of friends just starting their businesses around the same time as myself. So, for instance, Helena Quinn, which is a great women's line, like we, I designed a coat with her uh, that did really well. Bones and Feathers Collective, another um, good friends of mine, we did a, a jewelry collaboration. Um, and then most recently, these uh, Rich as Fuck sweatshirts that, we just did as merchandise for the site. I partnered with my dear friend, um, Stephen Mears, who has the website Calm to Fuck Down and um, is a really well-known photographer here in L.A. for the Cobra Snake. Uh, we just got together and put together this sweatshirt just for fun. And then Fred Siegel here in Los Angeles ended up reaching out and asking to carry it. So, yeah, you know, we had, you know, that I think it's all about really just you know, obviously, not in a million years would I have been, you know, would I have honed in on that goal and been like, I'm going to make a sweatshirt for my website, and it's going to be a promotional piece, and Fred Siegel is going to want to carry it. You know, like, yeah. that is so, like, it was just really a happy accident, but I think it's about making product that makes sense and that you think is cool, and I think that at the end of the day, that reads really well, and people will be on board with it. Yeah, I've definitely found that like if you're doing things for money, they're probably not going to become successful. Whereas if you're doing it for like the passion or the fun of it, then right, I don't know, it's something Maybe. about the energy or just like you promoting it more authentically or something. But bigger things happen, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that for sure. And it's funny how it came full circle because I know or I read an interview or something with you saying that you used to visit Fred Siegel when you were a kid and like visiting Los Angeles from your hometown and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really major. It was very exciting. That's awesome. Um, so what would you say that are, have been sort of the biggest challenges and then the biggest or most biggest reward or most rewarding parts of having your own business? Um, biggest challenges are just, I think, the mental one for me is just, you know, those days where you just question yourself and you have to just trust, you know, Gabby Bernstein, who is a lecturer and author who is um, really inspired me. She says that she talks about your gut instinct being mm-hmm. your business partner. And I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, there's always, Anytime I've ever had self-doubt, there's always kind of been this feeling inside that's like, you really don't need to worry. And <laughs> so I I choose to go with that feeling, and it's been really accurate so far. So I'm thankful for that. Um, and then just 
in terms, you know, there's just that day-to-day stupid business stuff. Like the grown-up stuff is so annoying. Like making sure you're paying like the city taxes and the, 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 the taxes and like, you know, keeping track of everything. Just like the logistics for me are challenging. They're kind of, it's kind of working against the way my brain tends to operate. Yeah. So just being able, training myself to on top of that is a challenge because it's really easy. It's not fun for me. So it's really easy for me to, to procrastinate. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. And what's been the most rewarding thing for you so far? Ah, wow. Um, the most rewarding thing is just, I mean, we just hit three years and the fact that I am able to, to do this and, it's something I've created and I feel very, very just fortunate to, to have an idea that, that blossomed in the way that I saw its potential to do so. It's just, I just, I, I'm continuously grateful. Just, it just isn't, it's an abundant feeling of gratitude every day. Oh, that's amazing. And shout outs to Gabby Bernstein as well. I love her. Like yeah, all her can. books are amazing and she, all of her talks and her YouTube channel and stuff. So, yeah. Um, just asking kind of more general questions from entrepreneurship. How important has networking been to building your business and what are your tips for people wanting to put themselves out there that are sh- sort of shy or just uncomfortable with doing so? Yeah. Well, I am kind of, yeah, everyone jokes that I'm like a little, pocket hustler like I'm always just like out and about and meeting people and connecting people and um for me where I sit now I heard I was fortunate enough to hear Diane von Furstenberg speak um here at the LACMA when they did her exhibit on journey of address and she starts every day uh her practice is to send in the first email she sends every day is to connect to people that had no benefit for herself because, you know, where she sits in her, in her career, she's really at the point where she can really change lives just by sending an email. And she's very aware of that. And that was very inspiring to me. So I think innately, I, I wanted to have the same effect on people. So I would say that for me at this point, it's, it's less about, the goal of making connections for myself, but really harnessing my ability to facilitate other people networking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I constantly am, am sending introduction emails and connecting people whom I think could benefit from knowing one another. I think it's really important. I think that that is a, it's a huge, I mean, I, I, every time I go out or I go to a dinner or I go to a business meeting, it just keeps propelling the, the wheels in motion for the growth of closet rich and the growth of my career. So I, I say, A, it's hugely important to people who aren't as innately um, social butterfly as me. <laughs> I would definitely say, um, it's a join organizations. I think alumni associations are a really great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, depending on what your field is, there's obviously professional organizations of all kinds that, that really feed in. And 
I think the worst thing that can happen is you show up to that and realize it's not for you. And either way, then you know. So I think just kind of getting involved in your community in in a professional setting that, that surrounds you with like-minded folks is a really great way to start. Um, also, as I mentioned before, just making the effort to reach out and asking people to go to tea, you know, something I've really learned is that people love to be felt like their opinion matters. That's, mm-hmm. that's something as humans, we really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So I think anybody would, if, you know, if there's a higher up that, that one feels like they, they don't feel comfortable reaching out to because it's embarrassing or whatever, I guarantee that that person will feel really flattered if you asked if you could take them to teach, pick their brain because you think they're, they have something to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think reaching out again, getting over that fear, getting over that, that feeling of like, Oh, what if I look silly or what if it doesn't work out or whatever, you know? Okay. Then you look silly. And then that person's kind of a dick if they're not willing to help someone out who reaches out, you know? So I think it's just about like setting the intention to what it is you, you want out of the connection and, um, going from there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, worst case they just say no or don't respond right but yeah if you never exactly. reach out then you'll never know so that's exactly really- so I think just like reaching out sending the email and the worst yeah the worst thing that happens is you don't hear back and then it's like okay on to the next but, but send the emails yeah for absolutely. sure that's great um do you have uh, a couple pieces of advice for people who are interested in starting an online company in the fashion realm or like a business to consumer type business that you could um, share based on your experiences over the last three years? Um, Yeah. My advice would be do it. If you feel (laughs) like you need, if you feel like this is something you should do by all means do it. Um, I think that what's really cool now is technology has really allowed us to, to really the small business online shop is really of the tools are available to us to make that happen. So there's really no reason why you shouldn't. And I think just laying the groundwork for it to be a success before it is. So that's, you know, getting the proper lawyers, making sure you're advised properly on the permits and, and the, the trademarking and, the taxing and all of that, just building a team around you, both a professional team and just people who have your back and are supportive. Um, get that tribe in place as if it were a success already. That's amazing. All right. Well, I really appreciate everything that we've talked about today. I think there's so many great pieces of advice that you've shared And I just have one last question for you. So our podcast is called The Love Noteworthy. So we focus on women such as yourself that uh, we believe are love noteworthy. So combining that element of love notes, so being sincere and passionate and meaningful and authentic, just like yourself, and also noteworthy. So having that it factor, a really great brand or that sort of thing. Um, so what would be your number one tip for others on how they can be more love noteworthy in their business and their life? 
Ooh, good question. How would I, what's my tip for being more love noteworthy? I think it, I really, I really believe that it's trusting your gut instinct and taking that and, and having enough love for yourself that you'll take care of yourself and make the choices that are best for you. So just listening to that inner guide, I think it's the, the biggest. That is beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for chatting. Again, everybody definitely check out Closet Rich. It's an amazing website. Even if you just want to window shop, so to speak, uh, all of the visuals <laughs> on the site are beautiful, but they're also a really great product on there that are essentially one of a kind um, because, and like vintage is super, super hot right now. And you have some really, really, really great vintage designer pieces on your site. Um, we try. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll have <laughs> up all of the links for uh, Closet Rich's social media handles and whatnot um, below in this interview and um, my challenge today for all of the listeners is tell us about what your entrepreneurial passion is, what you would like to start and one action you can take to get yourself further towards reaching your goal. So we'll definitely hook that up. Definitely comment in the comments below. And again, thank you so much, Elizabeth for chatting. I really appreciate you spending your time with me. <laughs> Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you so much.